Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is Minnesota Lynx point guard Lexi Brown of the WNBA. Lexi, what's going on? Nothing. Ooh, that Minnesota Lynx sounds good. <laughs> I like that. I was about to, I was about I to like say, that. how does that sound? It sounds amazing. <laughs> Literally, I mean, nothing against Connecticut, but that Minnesota Lynx has a nice little ring to it. Yeah, for sure. Let's just uh, jump right into it. So I know your dad was in the NBA. So what was that like growing up and uh, just moving around a couple times? Yeah, well, he was in the league when I was, like, really young. So I don't really remember too much about it. I only really remember when he played in Orlando. Um, which was the last team he played for. Oh, I remember when he played in Toronto a little bit, too. I remember living in Toronto. I don't really remember, like, being at his games or anything like that. But it was really fun. Um, yeah, we did have to move around a lot. But we made Orlando home while he was playing um, in Toronto, I'm pretty sure. So we were in Orlando for a while. But it was really fun. I mean, he, as much as he traveled, he was still around, like, a lot. And, you know, that's, that was big uh, for my mom and my family. And we're just a really close-knit family. So for most of his career and beginning of his, you know, coaching career and front office stuff, it was just me and my sister. Mm-hmm. So whenever my mom wanted to, you know, up and go see him or take us somewhere, it wasn't really a problem. But now there's four of us. There was four of us. So, you know, we kind of had to stay put a little bit more um, while he was on the road. But, I mean, we made it work. And, you know, our family's super close. And a lot of people don't understand how it works. But it does. <laughs> All right. And, uh, like, when did you realize, like, your dad was, like, in the league? When I was young, I used to, you know, when you're a little kid, you love to brag about things that, you had nothing to do with um so i was little wearing my dad's jerseys to school like if we had like jersey day or something like that uh if we had to like present something cool about your life oh yeah my dad plays in the nba like that's not about your life Lexi. but okay um so you know i knew when i was younger even before i started playing basketball you know that was something that i thought was super cool and i was very very proud of it yeah definitely that's dope and uh how'd you get to start playing basketball well i was just around it a lot um you know i tried i tried everything i I did dance cheerleading soccer which i hated baseball which i also (laughs) hated um because it was outside it was hot so i already knew that i had to play indoor sport i actually played tennis for a while I remember watching Venus and Serena a ton when I was little, and I wanted to be like them. But again, outside, couldn't do it. Um, and then one day, I just kind of picked up a basketball and and just started playing with like some girls that lived in our neighborhood, and we, we played in this little rec ball league for like years. Like it was just all the girls that I knew from around the neighborhood. Like no one really had basketball aspirations for real. We just loved each other and liked being around each other so uh we just made a little team and we actually ended up being really good 
it took a while. It took like two, three years for us to get really good. But that was a process that was really fun for me, being on the same team with the same group of girls for like three, four years and just watching us improve. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that was like around seventh grade, eighth grade. And then after that, you know, everyone kind of started, you know, finding their own interests, you know, outside of basketball. So, you know, there was like only one or two of us left standing at that point. Um, And then, you know, around 13 was when Mm -hmm. I started taking it like real seriously. Gotcha. Did you play like varsity when you were like in eighth grade? I played varsity eighth grade, yeah, because in Florida, you can do that. So sixth grade, I played the eight, on the eighth grade team, which was like a huge deal. And then seventh grade, I played JV, and then eighth grade, yeah, I played varsity for the first time, and, and that was a really cool experience. You went to two different high schools, right? Mm-hmm. So what- I went to, uh, well, for my eighth grade, I, pl- I played at Lake Highland, which is in Orlando, and then ninth grade, I played at Dr. Phillips, and then I finished it at North Gwinnett in Atlanta. So, like, what was the recruiting process like? Were people, like, recruiting you when you were at the different schools and, like, other people came when you were at, like, other schools? Oh, yeah. So, of course, I I committed to Maryland the summer after my freshman year. So, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, colleges recruiting me at that time. Like, I was on a super good uh, AAU team. Like, we were stacked. Um, So, you know, I got a lot of attention being on that team. And I still wasn't, like, nearly – the player I was, I am now then. But, you know, Maryland, you know, saw something in me, which I really appreciated. And Christy Tolliver was and still is one of my favorite players of all time. And, you know, I wanted to be just like her. Um, so when Maryland called, I was like, yes, 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 yes. So it was nice to be done with that process early. Um, and then, you know, jumping to different high schools. You know, it was a family decision for us to move from Orlando to Atlanta. And I was going to go try and be on one of the super teams that they had in Atlanta already. But my mom was like, you know, like, you just need to, you know, do your own thing, you know, make your own mark somewhere, which I was mad at her for at the beginning. Because I was like, well, I just want to win state championships. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she's like, trust me, like, this will be better for you. So I ended up going to North Gwinnett, where we had a pretty solid team, but we ended up getting like three or four girls move into the district to come play at the school, which was really cool because North Gwinnett really wasn't ever school known for having a really really good basketball team so for us to like you know kind of turn the program around for a couple years was really fun and you know we we didn't win the state championship but we got to a final four and we got to the state championship game which was really cool and a big accomplishment for us yeah now you played at uh maryland for two years and Mm -hmm. you went to two final fours you were all american so what was like the overall experience like there there dc is a really cool city it was a humongous school so i met a lot of really cool people the atmosphere was great the men's team like they were pretty okay they actually they weren't that good when i was there but they've they've gotten better since i've left it was just it was fun you know i've met some of my best friends at maryland that i still talk to to this day it was fun but you know i made the decision super early and you know i don't think it was a wrong decision i still wouldn't change where i started my college career at all (laughs) but that big 10 move like hurt my soul i hated it and i just didn't like the way they went about it they didn't give us a heads up about it or anything the news came out the day after our signing day and we all were like what the hell like that's messed up like they could have just won because i don't think i would have not signed to Maryland, but it would have been nice to, you know, know that they were planning on switching conferences. Yeah. But I had a really good time at Maryland. You know, it was just time to, you know, make a change for myself. 
So what was the ultimate decision why you transferred? Um, it was just I just wanted my family to be able to be involved in my college career. So the first year, they got to come to, like, some road games because ACC, you know, everything's kind of close to Atlanta, at least in, like, the southern part, mm. like, where the schools are. But, like, my mom and dad and siblings, they were never able to come to any home games. I think my mom came to one. Oh, she came, to, she came like, one of the weekends we had. We hosted the NCAA tournament. And I think she came to Greensboro when we played in the ACC tournament. But we only played one game because we lost early. So she didn't really get to come a lot. And then I really like having, like, my little siblings come to games, too. And they were never able to come because Maryland was just so far. Um, and then Big Ten, I just forget it. Like, they weren't at any. So the only time my whole family was able to come to games was when we got to the Final Fours. So, you know, that was a huge motivation for me. The second year, of course, I'm like, okay, well, if I want everybody in the stands, we got to go back a final four so everybody can come and so that was a little fun motivation but like when i got to duke my mom was at every home game pretty much and you know she'd just get in her car bring the little ones and they would just drive on up to durham stay with me in my apartment and we would just have a nice little time and then she'd get back in the car and go right back to atlanta but it was really important to have her in the stands um, you know, she never missed any games when i was growing up so i wanted her to still be a part of that in college yeah, for sure. And what was, like, the recruiting process, like, different when you were transferring versus, like, coming out of high school? Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, coming out of high school. Yeah. Um, more like when you transfer, you kind of have a little bit more control over your recruiting because you already have some experience under your belt. Coaches have seen, you know, what you have to offer at the college level. You see how teams are coached, you're older. Um, so you kind of know what you want and don't want out of school and on a team. Um, honestly, I did not want to go to Duke at all. Like, Duke wasn't even on my radar. But my mom was like you're going to visit Duke because you're going to go get a good education. You're not transferring just for basketball. So you're crazy if you think you're going to go chase some national championships because you need to think about your life after basketball. So I was like, okay. So I went to Louisville and it was nice. I love Coach Walls. Like, I was going there just for Coach Walls. Like, he's awesome. But I was like, I cannot see myself living in Louisville. Like, I just couldn't picture it. And I was like, this is not where I want to be. And I couldn't be number four because somebody was already number four there. So I was like, ah, this is, I don't think this is the place. So we kind of were stuck. And my mom was like, just go to Duke, Lexi. Like, they really like you. Like, they were interested in you when you were younger, too. But you committed early, so they didn't really have a chance. So, like, give them a chance. So I went, and I fell in love in, like, ten minutes. So I was like, all right, Mom, like, you got it. But, you know, the visit was a day, I think, because it was so quick. But I fell in love with the campus, with the coaching staff. I met some of the girls on the team that were on campus at the time. And it was really fun. It didn't take a lot to get me to go there. And, you know, it's the best decision I've ever made. Yeah, it seems like your mom's right a lot. She is. <laughs> she really is. You know, moms know best. That's, that's real. Um, at least when it comes to my mom. She, like, knows. Like, I, I swear she doesn't know me. But, like, and we're not even, like, that alike which is the funny part, but, like, she knows me so well. So when I'm making big decisions and doing things like that, I always call her, even if I don't like what she has to say. Nine times out of ten, she's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the year sitting out uh, like? You know? It was, I mean, I had, like, so much fun being a normal student. 
yeah. for a little bit. And I think that's the thing that some people don't understand about transferring is like you have to be regular a little bit for a year. So if you're picking, you got to pick a place that you feel comfortable at and, you know, you want to be involved in. So I got to do a lot of things that I never had time to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, at Maryland because I had like way more free time. I didn't have to travel, you know, practices. I mean, preseason practices, of course, are always hard. Preseason workouts are hard. But once, you know, season started, you know, I was pretty much chilling in practice, you know, playing on a scout team, doing whatever I wanted, never having to run punishment sprints. You know, it was just really fun. I got to work a lot on my own game, you know, without being detrimental to the team. Like, I just got to do whatever, which I think is a huge part about your sit-out years. You got to work on your game. Like, it's not just, I mean, of course, it's getting ready for the next season. But, I mean, you have time to, to work on things that you usually wouldn't have time for being in college. So, I, like, really improved my game. Marcus Hodges is a trainer out of Raleigh. You know, I linked up with him. You know, he changed my game. Like, my dad brought my game to one level and Marcus, you know, elevated it. You know, I can't thank him enough for what he did for me in my redshirt year. You know, every time I needed him to come through Duke or I needed to go there, like, he was there. So, you know, he was awesome. And, you know, I still work with him to this day. I'm back to go see him next week, actually, before I go to Minnesota. But, I mean, I want to say everybody needs, like, a sale. You know how you, you take a gap year between high school and college? Like, a redshirt year, like, it, it's hard not playing playing but you know you can take your game to the next level if you do it the right way gotcha every time you say to this day it just reminds me of that that meme with Devontae Wilder (laughs) 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 anyways but uh so uh with today's day and age I know you probably seen like a lot of kids are getting like the hard transfer so they don't have to sit out a year like would you have wanted that yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, now it's like free agency. But nesting though is like, yeah. I think we might have tried one, but they were like, uh-uh, sit your ass down. I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, I see the pros and cons of sitting out only because I had a really positive experience sitting out. Yeah. And like, obviously, what happened like the next two years like showed like how much work I put in when I was sitting. But that's not the case for everybody. But I feel like you know you see coaches leaving and they can just go hop into their next job because oh it's a it's a better opportunity i think there's such a negative stigma put on transfer kids i mean i feel like some transfers you can understand some obviously i'm like what are you doing like why are you leaving and i'm sure a lot of people thought that about me as well so you never really know what's going on in you know someone's life or, or anything like that but I think the year sitting, you know, I think it's it's good. You know, you have to, you're new. And obviously people are transferring to this school because they think that they have something to offer that the team is lacking. Like, you don't go to a team. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm transferring here so I can sit on the bench. Like, people don't transfer for that. So, like, of course people transfer. They want to be the alpha dog and stuff like that. And you kind of just throw that into the mix of a team. You know, that could be detrimental to someone's team and to someone's season. So it's like you take the year, you get to know, like, who you're playing with. You get to figure out how your team works. You get to learn your coaches because most transfers happen pretty fast. You kind of just get thrown in. So I didn't like sitting out, but I like got to get to know my teammates. You know, you take the whole competitive side out of it, you know, because I'm not coming up to take your minutes. I'm not right now, at least. <laughs> but, so it was like very genuine friendships and relationships I built with my teammates and the coaching staff and, and the staff like that works with us like off the court as well. So I personally, I don't mind the sitting out. I mean, that's kind of just the price you pay. 
yeah. for leaving a school that you signed your life to pretty much <laughs> and you found out like I need to go I mean it was a tough year if you make the wrong decision if you make the right decision it'll it'll fly by and then it makes it that next year you're more special you know people are waiting for you to, yeah. to get eligible and, and your teammates are you know they're excited for you to get eligible so you know like I said it all comes down to making the right decision yeah, I think it's kind of getting weird, especially, like, with the football stuff. Like, these people are getting, like, right away to, like, go play all the, like... Yeah, you know. I'm just, like... I mean, I don't I don't even know how that process works. I know one of the girls that the, the Lynx just drafted from Notre Dame, she got eligible immediately, and we were like, what? She's really good. So we were hoping that she was going to sit and be like, they're, they're going to be okay. Like, she's not eligible. And then a couple weeks later, she was. And we were like, what the... <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 But hey, some some people can finesse that and more power to them because some people just want to hoop and I and I understand that. Yeah, definitely. And uh like overall what, what was your experience like at Duke and I know you went two time all American there? It was awesome. Well, complete opposite of Maryland. It was super small and so everyone pretty much knew everyone. It's the, smaller the classes than Maryland? No, I'm saying well like What's like what's like how many people are there at Duke? Like the like I think we have like eight thousand students. Oh, okay. Or something, and I think that's just undergrad. But it was like a really tight, close knit community. You know, everybody like hates Duke, so you know we all just like stuck together, closer to our Duke haters on the outside. It was really fun. It was actually really funny experience. You know how the guys come and go so fast. Mm-hmm. Not the one and yeah, done yeah. thing. Like that wasn't a thing at Maryland. So yeah. I saw the same guys on the basketball team for two years, and then at Duke, I like saw like a whole new team every time I came back for summer school. I'm like, who are these people? Yeah, who are yeah. these people? Like it was just a whole new thing. So that was different, but that was like kind of a cool thing to be around, and just the family atmosphere. Like I just really liked it, and then being in grad school was a whole another experience that was unbelievable. It was so hard. Oh, my goodness. I thought I was going to die. But the grad students, you know, those are probably some of the coolest people, like, I've ever met in my life. They are brilliant and all from all over the world. So that was a really cool experience for me as well. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I know you got two degrees, right? So what did you get then? My first, my undergrad was in sociology. And then my grad was in business. And I do get the Fuqua School of Business. They have, like, a 10-month, kind of like an accelerated MBA. So yeah. it's not really an MBA. So if I guess you would have levels, you'd have MBA at the top, and then this is an MMS, which would be like right under, because it takes one year instead of two. But it was like just a little bit of everything, you know, some finance, accounting, marketing, just a lot of things that I did not think that my brain would be able to process. And it did, you know, I passed, you know, I made it through. It was a hard battle. Uphill battle, but I made it. And it's probably one of the things I'm proudest of, definitely, is getting through that business school. And shout out to my teammates, Becca and Bago, and one of our managers, Aaron. We all got through it together. You know, we struggled together on road trips, late night study sessions, you know, all of that. So it was it was it was a tough experience, but it was something that I would do over for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it seemed like you just got more pumped when I said about your two degrees. And uh... <laughs> yeah, like a little dork. <laughs> sure because a lot of people can say they finished grad school in a year you know so i mean that's like a huge accomplishment for me you know a lot of people are like why are you so excited about school and i'm just like because like 
that's an accomplishment. And to be able to get it done on the court as well. Like, you know, it's not something that I'd like talk about a ton, but sometimes I have to remind people like, well, uh, yeah. you don't know what I was doing my last year. Like it was hard. Yeah. You could have, you could have just took classes, right? Yeah. I'm saying like, you could have just took like, like both. Yeah. I could have like, stretched yeah. out my undergrad. Yeah, for sure. But I didn't want to do here, that. So. Here, here, here's a good stat. I'll give you. Uh, when I looked it up when I was going to grad school, it was at the time it was I was like 2015. It was eight uh, percent of Americans have a grad degree. Dang. So, so I think that's, that's I think that's low. I think that's pretty good, right? Hello? That's a nice stat. That I'm gonna start throwing right. around on people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm I'm, a, I'm an eight percenter. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, so going into uh, after Duke, so uh, you knew you, you wanted to declare to go to the WNBA, so what was uh, draft day like? Draft day was, it was fun. It was a whirlwind, you know, it all happened so quickly. Well, for me, not as quickly because we lost, or we lost in 16, so we had a, had a little more time, you know, get get my stuff together. But it was really fun. I was with, like, all the other girls who were about to get drafted. We had, like, a really fun weekend in New York. Um, my family was there, which obviously is super important. But it was fun, like getting your name called and holding the jersey. Like that's something like you dream about mm-hmm. when you're little. And then to see my dad, my dad was like, "Oh my gosh, over the moon!" Like I'm like, "Did you get drafted or me?" <laughs> so it was like it was just really fun. We celebrated all night, and you know, then I had to hop on a flight the next day to make it to class. So that was cool. But it was just something a moment I dreamed about. So for it to happen, you know, that was really cool and share with my family was the best part. Yeah, you were the ninth overall pick. Uh, did you know the Connecticut Sun were going to draft you or did, like, did you did any yeah, teams I had an idea. You? Like, you talked to some of the teams. So there was a handful of teams that I spoke to that I had an idea that I was going to. I actually thought that Seattle might have drafted me because they were looking for a point, but they went with Jordan, which is also an amazing pick for them. You know, she helped them win its championship. So, I mean, amazing for them with that pick. And I know Jordan loves it there. So when Seattle didn't pick me, I kind of figured that Connecticut was going to be where I ended up, and, and it was. Um, you know, I was super excited. I mean, any team that picked me, you know, I would have been excited for. So it was it was just nice to, you know, be, have my name up on that first round mm-hmm. board. You know, it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of already know what your answer is going to be, but what was your uh, rookie season like? <laughs> <laughs> it was a hot mess. Like, it was a mess. Like, you know, I've really been, I mean, I can't be, too, I don't want to be too candid about it because, you know, I still have so much respect for that organization and the team and the coaching staff, but it was just like, pretty much every day I was just kind of like, what am I, like, what am I really doing here? Like, what did you guys draft me for? And it was just like, it was a learning experience for sure. I definitely learned a lot. Um, you know, just being in practice, being around them, watching them, you know, in games, since, you know, I didn't really play in any. Um, so, you know, I, I had to learn a lot from the side, which, you know, it was completely okay with me because at the end of the day, I just was like, I'm still, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the most competitive leagues in the world. So, you know, even in the moments where I was just kind of really down about it, I mean, I had to remind myself, like, what a big accomplishment. The hardest part is getting into the league. And I had to keep reminding myself about that. But it was a rough, it was a rough summer. Not gonna lie, Connecticut is super boring. 
to the year you had to sit out for your transfer year? No. Because, (laughs) no. Because I, again, in the league, like, you get picked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you were like, okay, like, they picked me, they want me, they they see what I have to offer and they like it, and then you get there and they're kind of like, we don't really like it. So I'm like, so why did you pick me? So the whole year it was just kind of like a why, like a big question mark for me personally. I don't know if they felt the same way, kind of like they, like, why did we pick her? I mean, a lot of people were like, why did they pick her? Because it's already a guard heavy roster. So it was like, but that's like, that's just one of the, the pitfalls of the WNBA is like, they don't, we don't have a combine. We don't have time for interviews. We don't have time for that. They kind of just look at what you did in college, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, throwing it into the ocean and hopefully that something something works because they don't have a lot of time to you know dissect your game your your personality and stuff like that that nba that the nba has and that's just because of the time constraint but um you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't most more, more times it works than it doesn't and unfortunately i was in one of the situations where it just didn't mesh but again I like I learned a lot, so I guess it was a little bit like my red year sitting. But my red shirt year, like I was watching, knowing okay, like yeah, I yeah, can yeah, help yeah. later. But in Connecticut, I was just like, I don't know what they want me to do, and I don't think I'm ever gonna have the chance to help them in the way that I want to help them. So it was just kind of like a, a shitty situation. But we obviously they felt the same way because they got me out of there with the quickness. So. Um, I mean, no ill, Ill feelings towards them. I hope they feel the same way. But, um, you know, it's just one of those learning experiences that you just have to grow from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another another stat I've been hearing a lot. I think it's 144. That's how many uh, women are in the WNBA roster. Yeah. It's definitely, like, the most competitive league in the world. And it's not even close. And then you just have – and it's just so funny that – some of our best players are like some of our oldest players. Like yeah. in the NBA, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. So I mean, that's just as credit to like how women can just take they just take care of their bodies and like the longevity that they have on top of playing year round is incredible to me. But again, playing year round, like your your body is always ready. So I think that's why the older players are able to you know just hop back in the league like it's nothing because they just came back from pooping for six months, mm-hmm. you know, killing everybody. And they just come back, and, you know, it's like they they never left. 
So I think that's really cool about our league. But, you know, I'm really excited to see what the future holds, you know, because I know there's a lot of players that aren't in the league that should be, but there's just not enough spots. So um, I'm ready for, you know, our growth as a league, you know, once the younger players are able to, you know, find a spot. And what was it like playing overseas in Hungary this summer? Or- it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. I was really homesick at the beginning. Like, I hated it maybe, like, the first month. I was like, this sucks. Like, what am I going to do? But my teammates were great. Um, my American teammate, Rashonda, um, she just signed a training camp contract with the Liberty, I think. She was awesome. You know, she, she's been playing overseas for a couple of years. So, you know, she kind of took me under her wing to make sure I didn't lose my mind. And we got super close really fast, which is really good. But, you know, they work you like uh, dogs over there. Um, you know, European basketball is not for the, the weak-minded. I can tell you that. Um, you know, if you don't love being in the gym, like, you're going to hate it. Because, you know, two practices a day every day, that's the thing that I didn't think was going to experience again after I left, like, middle school. So I was like, this is too much. But I ended up getting used to it. You know, I, I got a little routine, and once I got that, you know, it was really fun. We, we got to travel all over Europe for games, which is amazing. Budapest was an hour from where I live, so we were always there, um, you know, hanging out, exploring and stuff. So I had a really good time. I think I made the most of the situation. You know, I've seen a lot of players who just kind of sit in their rooms and, you know, watch Netflix and do nothing. But I like I was like that sometimes. But for the most part, I tried to, you know, be out and about as often as possible. It, okay. it made it made it made time fly for sure. Yeah, how did your uh, team do overall? Um, we were okay. Um, we started the season really well, and we kind of hit a rough patch. We had a coaching change mid-season. I actually got to come home a little early, um, so they're in playoffs right now. They're in the semifinals still. We had like too many foreign players on our team, so you know they kind of were like, you know what, Lex, you can just go if you want. And I was like, shit, you don't gotta tell me twice. <laughs> I will go home. So, you know, I miss them a lot. I mean, I do wish I was still playing and helping them try to win a championship. But they've been killing it still. So, yeah. I mean, I think this month that I've been able to be home was actually exactly what I needed mm-hmm. after, you know, a rough summer and then being home and or being away for so long. I mean, I couldn't imagine they're still in playoffs right now. So you really would just come straight from playoffs and then jump right into training camp, which yeah. – probably is going to happen in the future mm-hmm. but after the like rookie year i had i mean i think it was nice you know be able to come home you know, just take a breath you know recuperate a little bit and then head to training camp gotcha and yeah draft day was a few weeks ago and you got traded to the minnesota link so how did you find out and what was your reaction um i had known that i was going to get traded for i mean for a while now um, it was just a matter of like when it was going to happen i was actually at the atlanta hawks game with my brother Mm-hmm. And um, my agent called me when we were, like, walking in. And she's like, you're about to get traded. So I was like, oh, my God, yes, thank you. But she's like, I don't know what team yet. So she's like, just stay by your phone. So, like, maybe 20 minutes later, she called me. She's like, yeah, you're getting traded to the links, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was super excited. You know, that team, you know, they just have a history of greatness, which is awesome. Then they showed her the TV, so you know, everyone's, like, texting me, like, yo, you know you got traded? I'm like, yes. What? <laughs> like, why would I Why would I not know that? Like, <laughs> so um, it was really fun. I'm like, uh, it was, like, draft day all over again, you know, I mean, yeah. Blowing on my phone, 
and stuff like that. You know, you don't really get congratulated on a trade. <laughs> but everyone, everyone knew, you know, my dad started a hashtag last summer, free Lex. Like, he's a fool for that. But, you know, everyone was, like, tweeting me that, sending me posts saying free legs and stuff like that so that was mm-hmm. really funny but it was a good feeling you know to know that it, you know there were other teams and other coaches that you know still saw potential in me after you know the somewhat disappointing season I had last summer so it was like it was good and you know I feel like I have a fresh start so I'm really excited so what are your goals this season and do you feel like you're uh like under the radar Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, now I mean, I mean, I don't want to say there's pressure, but you know, a lot of people were just like you didn't, you know, get a chance, you know, to show. So like, I don't want to get out there and, and be trash bags. So <laughs> you know, I feel like there is a little bit of pressure now that you know, I do need to prove that you know, there is a spot for me in this league and I belong in this league. Um, you know, I just want to help them win games, and that's all I want to do. Like, I'm not trying to be you know a star or you know take all the shots or you know have all the spotlight or anything like that because they're already a well-oiled machine you know I just want to do what I can to help you know one of my new goals is I just want to be one of the best shooters in the league you know I don't want to just pigeonhole myself to be a shooter but if you know if I can be really good at one thing in this league I think it's you know being a shooter you know off the bounce you know off the catch I'm really good at running off the screens so you know I just want to do things like that just showcase you know what I've been working on the whole year Gotcha. And they came out with a new logo, a new jersey design. So what are your thoughts on those? I mean, of course, a big AT&T, you know, like, ugh. But, you know, it's necessary. And we could have worse logos in the front of our jerseys. But I like how they have the team logos on the front now, too, that are big as well. Um, I like them. You know, I'm back in blue. So that's a good sign. I loved our Duke jerseys. So, you know, to be back in blue is awesome. But I think all the jerseys look really good. Um, I think Nike does a really good job with our uniforms for sure. What about the logo? Our logo? The new? No, no, the new WNBA logo. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that I love it. Like, I don't hate it. But I'm just like, <laughs> why is it so plain? Yeah. Like, it's just black and white. Yeah, that's but what I, I was I wondering. I want to know who the person is. That looks like Candace Parker to me. I don't think they say anybody. It. I don't think they'll say it if it is somebody. They need to say one day because <laughs> a lot of people think it's Candace Parker. Because mm. the fucking player, she's like long as hell. <laughs> so I'm like, who is that? It's not a guard, apparently. But it's cool. I mean, I think it's cool that they're trying to, you know, go through this little rebrand. So, I mean, I think that's a good sign for the league that they're they're willing to make big changes and dramatic changes like that. I just wish we could get a freaking president yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, I, I worry like... about logos. We don't have a president. <laughs> yeah. Oh lord! I like the jerseys last year better. You do? Yeah. There's I no think, number on I the front. Like, I just don't like the big AT and T on the bottom. But I'm saying there's no numbers on the front now. Um. <laughs> yes. You know, I don't pay attention to things like that. My my eye went straight to the AT and T logo, and I was just like, "Damn well, it!" Well, well, they're they're happy about that then. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I prefer. I don't know if I'd rather have the numbers on the front or the pictures. I mean, if you have a cool logo, like we, our logo is pretty cool. But some other teams have some not as cool logos, so I'm sure they prefer numbers. But I guess we'll just kind of have to see. I'll let you know when we yeah, get them. And I put them on. <laughs> And I'll let you know how I feel about them. Are you ready for some fun questions? Oh, geez. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, this one I just came up with when you were talking about. Why do, why do you wear four? 
four. Uh, my dad wore four in college. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, you know, you can't, he was seven, obviously, professionally, you can't wear seven um, in high school and college. So we went with his college number and, you know, it just stuck. So we all are number four. Gotcha. Yeah. And bringing up your dad again, he was a WNBA coach one time. Would you want him to coach you in WNBA? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on your side. <laughs> Stay over there. <laughs> no way. No. He stopped coaching me when I was young. You know, he, he, he knew when it was time to bow out. Yeah, gotcha. All right. What about, <laughs> what about three jerseys that you want that you don't own? Three jerseys that I want that I do Kaepernick jersey. Um, like which one, though? Any of them. All right. <laughs> yeah, just one with his name on it. Um, a Dame Lillard jersey and a Kobe Bryant jersey. 24, not eight. <laughs> what's, the, what's the worst question a reporter could ask you after the, a game? After a loss, how do you feel? What? <laughs> what do you mean, how do I feel? We just lost, especially if it's a game that you shouldn't have lost. Oh, my gosh. Like, how do you think I feel? Oh, like, I remember, well, this wasn't a, of course, they're going to ask. So, my junior year, we played Louisville. They set up their play. It was after halftime, and they set up their play going the uh, the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So, we were guarding our own basket, <laughs> and they went and got a wide-open layup. So, at the end, at, at the, we ended up winning the game with the press conference. They're like, so, like, what happened? Like, like, we did it on purpose. Like, we didn't do it on We're like, they set up the wrong offense. They set up on the wrong on the floor. We got got. Like, simple. There's no explanation for that. Like, you saw what happened. We didn't do it on purpose, but they got us. We got on SportsCenter and everything. Ah, good times. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about when randoms ask you to play one-on-one? <laughs> I want to punch them in the face. Like, no. Don't want to play one-on-one. Would you you see freaking Steph Curry on the street? Are you going to ask him to play one-on-one? No. Especially, like, grown-ass men. I do not want to play you one-on-one. And I don't want to play you for my heart either. So don't even ask that. I get that. Ask that more than just playing one-on-one. And, oh, it's so annoying. Like, I don't want to play you one-on-one. I'm sorry. I had to bring it up. Of course. It's the worst. All right, this this one this one's a good one. Are you ready? Yeah. Alright, no no more Chick-fil-A for life or or you find your soulmate. <laughs> My mindset right now is I need Chick-fil-A more than a soulmate. Oh, right. Today. Just today. You can ask me in a couple months. My mind might change, but right now. It's Chick Fil A over everything. Did you like that? You, you like that one? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Last one. What's what's something uh, people might not know about you? Oh, let's see. Something that people might not know about me. I don't know. I like watching like weird TV shows. Like, I mean, they're not weird because obviously a lot of people watch them. But I like watching like like documentaries, like series so like my 600 pound life like, i love that show i was about to say orders i was about to say documentaries aren't weird and then you said 600 pound life so <laughs> <laughs> those shows they're not 
weird, but it's just kind of like, like people are like, Lexi, how do you watch this? You ever seen like the weird, you ever seen like the weird, like fetish videos they had on like Facebook and the lady was like obsessed with like eating diapers? Yes, like, what is it, My Strange Addiction, yeah, I love that show too, like, there was an episode where a lady, where a guy, like, peed in cups, and he would drink (laughs) it, and he would, like, bathe in it, and it was disgusting, and I couldn't stop watching it, and there was another episode where a guy was, had a house full of inflatables, and he was in love with them. (laughs) Oh, and this is the best one, there was a guy who had a fetish for balloons, so he would go. He would go to um, car dealerships, and like he said, he was rescuing the balloons oh, that they had outside. No. Yeah. So you know, I really like shows like that. And then my six hundred pound life. It's it's just funny because you know they're like obviously they're like unhealthy. So it's like not a funny show. Like I don't think it's funny at all. I think it's really sad. But there's like moments in the show that they're like talking about food, and I'm like same. I feel the same way. Like, the guy I was watching the other day, he was like, when I'm eating breakfast, I think about what I'm eating for dinner. And I was like, I do the same exact thing. <laughs> so, I'm like, I, I, figure, I, I like watching those shows because, one, I'm just like, it's just as crazy, like, how someone can get that big. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? But then I'm just like, food is like, that's real. Like, people really love food. Like, I, under, like, I understand them. but i don't understand how they can get that healthy so that part is really sad but yeah i make all my friends watch it with me they then end up liking it so because you want the people like lose weight and stuff it's like awesome to see so yeah i put a lot of people on some weird shows like that definitely some interesting stuff well i appreciate (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate you coming on and uh, where can people find you on social media Instagram, Lexi Brown 4, and Twitter, Lexi Kaya underscore 4. Follow me on Instagram, though. That's my fave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, appreciate it, and good luck this season. Thank you so much. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.